Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dynasty Coaches Podcast. I'm Coach Dylan, and I'm joined with Coach Brandon and Coach Charlie. How are you guys doing today? What up? What up? Not Hello. too bad. Good, good. As always, you can see our work and analysis at thefantasycoaches.com. Um, we have a bunch of articles up there, so check it out whenever you guys get a chance. Um, today, we're going to look at, uh, first off, some news um, going around the NFL. And then uh, last couple of weeks, we've looked at year two running backs, year two quarterbacks, and rookies that are uh, performing well this year so far. So we're going to kind of take a step back and look at uh, what exactly is Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, we're going to look at different draft strategies, in-season strategies, how to rebuild, uh, when to rebuild, and then uh, some trade scenarios that uh, we've gone through. That can help you guys uh, with possible trades in Dynasty. So let's start off with news here. Announced yesterday, David Montgomery is out three to five weeks with a hyperextended knee. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Who steps in? They, uh, it's Damian Williams' time. He's the He was the backup. He's now going to step in and get a lion's share of the carries. I think Ryan Nall is the backup if I'm not mistaken. So he'll probably get a few here and there. And there's definitely, they're definitely going to kind of focus on the passing game a little more. They're going to have to test Justin Fields arm, but I think he kind of proved that he was a little up to the task in their last game. He was swinging it. He and Darnell Mooney seemed to have a really nice connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Damian Williams, I think can be maybe a flex play on, on a weekly week basis. He probably won't be too bad, but um, I'm hoping this kind of, helps Allen Robinson out a little bit because he's been uncharacteristically silent in yeah. these past four weeks. And as someone who owns him in a few leagues, it's not something I like to see because I was used to just plugging him in and expecting wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two numbers on a, on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. But, hey, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. I, I like um, Khalil Herbert. Um, he was very – I had him, his comp as David Montgomery coming into this season – um, or coming out of college, he's not as explosive as Montgomery can be, but Damian Williams is always is gonna get the first look. Um, I think he's dealing with a knee bruise, mm-hmm. so I'm not too sure if he's playing this week. I don't know if he practiced today or not. Um, but if he's not playing, then I would definitely look for Khalil Herbert. Um, he's been returning their kickoffs. I think he can get a lot of work. Uh, I think him and Williams are going to split that work a good bit. Um, and, yeah, Allen Robinson's been bad this year for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I've been surprised. I think that's going to turn around. I think it might be a good time to buy low. I've always been a big Allen Robinson fan. Um, but they just – that all, the offensive line's been killing them this year. Yeah. Um, 
But I think you should probably go check to see, throw out some offers for Allen Robinson, especially if you're con- a contender. Throw out a you know back in first and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys think uh, that's why second news article why they require or why they acquired Jaquin Grant from the Dolphins? Do you think that puts more of an emphasis on the passing game and uh, the lack of production from Allen Robinson? <laughs> I would say it's definitely a way to shore up the shore up the passing game because Grant's kind of a he's a speed demon deep threat type of guy take the top off the defense. So it kind of has if you have him out there on the field at the same time as Allen Robinson, it kind of forces them to play back a little bit and account for the deep threat and kind of allows Allen Robinson to work the middle of the field and hopefully see some more targets and some more catches. So I think that's a that's kind of the move they were looking for and that's why they pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, I think they were looking for really an Anthony Miller replacement, someone to play in the slot, you know, add some more speed to the offense. You already got Darnell Mooney who runs a four, three, seven. Um, he's super quick. So all they're really doing is adding speed. And I think that does help Allen Robinson. You know, it opens up the offense a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys think Fields being named the starter helps – which, I mean, which one do you think it helps most? Which weapon? Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Cole, Cole Komet. And then where would you guys have him ranked? This easily helps Mooney the most. We, easily. We saw we saw what they looked like last week. He connected with Mooney on like a 65-yard pass play. It looked good. That, that, that was a thing of beauty. I remember watching that live, and I, I was impressed. They had a great connection that whole game. They seemed to have a good rhythm. They've probably been practicing together a lot. Um, I would have him as like a, a top 30 receiver right now, Mooney, I would say. Um, and Robinson, I would have him as top, I think top 25, top 20. I've had him drop a little bit since the start of the season because of his lack of production, but I think he's going to pick it up a little bit following this Jakeem Grant acquisition. So he's still going to be good. Yeah, for sure. I, it definitely helps Mooney. Um, I do think it helps Robinson a good bit as well. But you could see that connection with Mooney this past week. Um, apparently, Mooney's limited by a groin issue, which that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know how them soft tissue injuries go, especially with speedsters. It can, you know, take a turn for the worse real quick. Um, so definitely keep an eye on him. But he can definitely be the top 30 wide receiver this year if he stays healthy. I agree with you there, Charlie. I think Fields helps him a whole lot. Um, just being able to get the ball deep to him, something Andy Dalton just really is not too great at anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a boost for Mooney. Oh, yeah. Lots of changes to the Bears team right now, so we'll see how that offense uh, works going forward here. Um, next news item, Urban Meyer. Wow, he had a interesting uh, weekend. That's <laughs> he, uh, got caught with some pictures of uh, him with some younger girls, and uh, Jacksonville didn't take kindly to that. So, uh, do you guys think uh, possibility of him getting fired, or do you think they're gonna <laughs> give him a chance? Or um, that's something that's definitely within the realm of possibility. I was reading, I was reading a piece earlier today. They're interviewing some of the players. 
they remain anonymous, of course, but I guess uh, Meyer issued an apology to, to the locker room as a whole, and apparently right after he left, the players just started laughing. They, they, don't, they don't take him seriously. He doesn't have the backs of the players in the locker room. So I think this is kind of a prelude to him uh, exiting in, in yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, I think we've got about two weeks before another health complication comes up. <laughs> yeah, it's, for sure. <laughs> he's, he's been really bad in the NFL. I don't think he wants to be there anymore. I think he realized he made a mistake. And I think this was a way to help speed up his process out of Jacksonville. And he's definitely been uh, bad for all the players there. Trevor Lawrence needs a new coach to – reach his full potential i think so we'll see what happens there uh last news item here chris carson uh injured he might not play what does this do for the seattle offense they're going past heavy uh alice collins is next man up in the backfield but i really don't have too much trust in him he hasn't really had too much um nfl not experience but like he hasn't really seen the field too much these past few seasons, he's been relegated as a, as a backup third-string, fourth-string guy. And the Seahawks' offensive line isn't the greatest either. So we're going to see Russell Wilson moving around a lot. I wouldn't surprise me if he had the most rushing yards on Thursday mm-hmm. night for the Seahawks. And he's going to be swinging it. So DK Metcalf's going to have a big day. I, Tyler Lockett's been boomer bust, but I think he's probably going to have a big day because Wilson's going to be throwing it to everybody. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Will Disley even had a solid day at the tight end position. Because I think um, is Gerald. I think Gerald Everett's still out. I'm not. Yeah, I think Gerald Everett's out another week. So still out another week. So yeah, we can see. We'll just see having a good game. They're gonna they're gonna go past heavy, especially against a good Rams team. That's also mm-hmm. gonna be swinging it with Matthew Stafford. It's it's gonna be. Uh, they're going shot for shot that game. Oh yeah, yeah. They're definitely gonna have to throw the ball a ton. Um, I don't think they can stay in that game without throwing the ball, keeping up with the Rams. Um, the Seahawks defense isn't what it used to be. It hasn't been for a long time now. Um, they're just going to have to go shot for shot with uh, the Rams. And this is one of the few times we get a good Thursday night football game. So hopefully we see a lot of points. Yeah, for sure. Is Alex Collins a waiver wire ad for you guys? Or are you guys just think he's not going to produce much because they're going to go so much pass heavy? I'm, I'm staying away. Uh, he's not worth the ad um, against the stout Rams front with Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get much push on, on the O line for the run game. And like like I said before, and like Brandon said, it's going to be going to be shot for shot. They're going to be passing it. They got they're going to have to play catch up because I think the Rams are probably going to take an early lead in this game. So they're just they're going to be passing most of that game. So I I really don't see any point in adding Alex Collins. Yeah, I think I think I'm taking a shot on him just to pick him up. Maybe he has a big game, and you can flip him for a third or a fourth. Just, you know, something – just get a little bit of value from him, if at all possible. That's that's really the only reason. I'm not I'm not starting him anywhere unless I'm absolutely desperate. Um, but I'm giving him a shot just in case. You never know. I think I do uh... – if I was able, wasn't able to pick up Damian Williams, if I had David Montgomery, I think I would go to Alex Collins just on the hope that he does get a touchdown or two. And I mean, I'm hurt. I'm hurting the running back if Montgomery went out, so not much left. 
All right, that's the news for the day. Uh, let's get right into Dynasty Fantasy Football. What is it? Um, you have Dynasty Redraft and Daily. What is your guys' favorite league type? That easily has to be Dynasty. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really good way to kind of keep everyone invested. Because I've done my share of redraft leagues and, and daily, and I, I find it kind of hard to keep myself invested on just a, a year-to-year basis because I've been in so many leagues with other people who kind of just tail off and don't pay attention, especially if you're not playing for anything. And, you know, you, so you have an obvious tier of really, really, really good teams who take advantage of the bad teams because they don't know any better. And then you have those owners who just don't pay attention to their rosters and their, their team just kind of, you know, goes straight to hell and it's just awful. Mm-hmm. But with, with Dynasty, I'm in like four or five different Dynasty leagues, and they're all competitive. Everyone tries their best. You know, if, if you're rebuilding, it's because you want to make your team better for the long run. And if you're competitive now, you're obviously trying to win. So it's, just, it's way easier to be invested. I, I think it's way more fun. I have a great time with Dynasty. That has to just be my, my personal mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah, Dynasty's it for me as well. Um, there's so many different variations that you can have with Dynasty. Like, there's Campus to Canton Leagues, which is, like, a very small percentage of people that actually play. Oh, yeah. But those are a blast. You know, you've got Vampire Dynasty Leagues. You can do IDP Leagues, which has come to be my favorite format. Um, And to keep guys invested, you can – what we do in a lot of my leagues, you know, I'm in 25 leagues and 23 of them are dynasty leagues. And what we do in a lot of the leagues I commission is that even though somebody's having a bad year, they're still able to compete at the end of the year for a compensation pick. So whether it be, say you have a 12 team league, say you're playing for, you play in the, uh, compensation bracket for the 213. So that gives people an incentive to keep playing because you're actually playing to win something as well. You're not, you know, still giving up and, oh, let me just, you know, just stop paying attention. And then then they don't, they stop responding to trade offers and stuff like that. So setting their lineup even. Yeah. Yeah. And Dynasty is definitely my favorite. It's the closest thing that you're ever going to come to actually running an NFL franchise. So, I mean, start off with the draft, and that's pretty much the exact same as the redraft. You're, you're drafting. There's a couple of different strategies, but uh, we'll go over that here in a minute. But And, I mean, you just get to make trades with the way you want it and set yourself up for the future. Rebuilding is so much fun. Whenever, yeah. Whenever you do it, I mean – it just gives you a sense of fulfillment whenever you get to uh, have a big rebuild and then come out 4-0, so start the year. So we will go into the draft strategies now. Uh, really, there's two different draft strategies, I believe. It's uh, draft to win now and draft to win later. Um, draft to win now, um, pretty much you don't really care about the age. This is probably the – closest thing to a redraft draft that you can get you're you're worried about who's going to get you the most points now you're not really looking at your future at all you want to win now then you'll rebuild later um who are some prime players to target here 
you're going to kind of go after guys like uh, a lot of, especially in the QB department, you're going to go after guys like Brady, um, who's really good. He's obviously going to get you a lot of points. He's been a QB one, um, I think, pretty much every week so far, except for this past performance in, in New England. Um, just a lot of older guys who have proven track records who you know are kind of going to succeed. It's a, a limited pool, um, especially in some of the other positions, because it's a, it's, a, it's a young young man's league right now. I feel like the, uh, the older veterans are kind of washing out, but that's just one guy, obvious yeah. one that I don't want to target. Yeah, for sure. You, like if you're looking to win now, and I like to do a little bit of mix of both. Um, but if you're strictly just trying to win now, you're taking guys. It's, it's hard because it's typically not a good idea in dynasty leagues to start taking, you know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, like last year. If you took him where he was going in redraft, you are very upset with yourself. Yeah. Um, if you held on to him and you didn't move him uh, for what you wanted, you're very upset. So my best advice is do a little bit of a mix of, a bo- of both of them. Um, but if you're looking to win now, you know, you're targeting guys like Dalvin Cook in the first round, uh, Christian McCaffrey at the 101, especially in Superflex over like Mahomes or anything like that. So it's just more of a redraft style draft. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Allen Robinson could beat that T.Y. Hilton if he doesn't get going. Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, hopefully not. But He's still young enough. Yeah, for sure. Next draft strategy here is draft to win later. Um, you're pretty much in this strategy. You're drafting the younger guys, guys like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, um, who's some other guys? Um, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. T. Higgins. Yeah. Guys yeah. that are going to not necessarily be the – the best uh, point getters now, but could be stars later on in their career. Um, pretty much with this draft strategy, you're probably not going to be in contention for a year or two, but you're looking towards the future of possibly being in contention for the next four or five years after that. So any other prime players to target in this strategy? You're going young. You're building for the long view. You want to go after guys like Justin Jefferson, um, like Brandon said, guys like Chase Claypool. Get yourself a, a couple of young QBs, especially if you're in super flex. Go after someone like Trey Lance. Uh, get Justin Fields. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, go, go as young as possible and stock your team for the long run. And in the later rounds, don't be afraid to take some dart throws. You know, guy we talked earlier, guys like Khalil Herbert. He, you never know what's going to happen with David Montgomery in Chicago. You know, it, it doesn't yep. hurt. You're just going young, and you might find a diamond in the rough. Yep, yep. Guys like Elijah Mitchell, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's basically, you know, just drafting young guys. And like I said, I like to do a mix of both, um, get some established veterans early, um, but then also go young later. You never know if you're going to have – uh, young wide receiver go off in their first year like Justin Jefferson did last year. Um, and I'm sure if you 
kind of just, you know, applied both strategies last year. And you ended up with Justin Jefferson uh, later in the draft. You were probably in the playoffs. Um, now, if you're just going full on, let me draft all the young guys. You got to realize you're donating your money that year. Like that's pretty much what you're doing. You're not, you. The chances of you winning are very slim, but it can pay off in the future. Because you could have a completely stacked team in the future and still be adding rookies each year through the rookie draft. So it's definitely not a bad strategy. It's just not personally one that I normally go, you know, full head on into. Yeah, draft to, draft to win later, I think, is more of a uh, – if you have a end of the first round pick, more, more than the uh, top of the first round pick. Yeah, um, you need – you need a strategy, like a yeah. multi-year strategy to go uh, win later. Yeah. You're definitely looking at more things such as player contracts, um, especially if you're going to draft a guy like a Khalil Herbert. You want to know, all right, David Montgomery's only got a year or two left on his contract. He, Khalil Herbert could uh, eventually take over for that backfield whenever – Montgomery becomes that uh, free agent. Looking at where uh, NFL teams drafted, um, they took a first-round quarterback. He's probably going to be starting for them at some point soon, whereas if they took a fourth-round quarterback, he may, not, uh, he may not ever see the field. So, I mean, you have your, your unicorns like Brady and Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and stuff like that, but you definitely want to pay more attention to that kind of stuff. Um, some in-season strategies. Um, when you guys do make a trade, are you guys more prone to trade draft picks or other players? Um, and when is it best to trade a draft pick away? So I've noticed this, um, for some of my dynasty leagues. If you, if you start out well, if you start out like, three and one, four and oh, and, and you have a kind of like a good roster, but you feel like you're missing that one extra piece to take you over the top and get you into the playoffs and the championship. You, you cash in. Like I was in a couple of years ago, uh, my team started out pretty well, but I kind of felt like I was missing a piece. So I traded a couple firsts and a couple seconds to go get DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, that took my team over the top and got me into the championship. So you, you kind of just have to know, what your team's looking like and you, you make the executive decision. Do I want to push in or do I think this is a fluke? Yeah, exactly. Like you have to really look at your team and be honest with yourself. Um, look at your points for uh, forced. Look at that instead of your record in the first few weeks. If you're near the top of the league, but you've had a lot of points allowed against you, you've just had some bad luck your team could be one of the best in the league. You've just been playing, um, you know, you've just been running into a buzzsaw every week. You're just having some bad luck. So maybe make a couple trades. Don't panic sell people. Never do that in Dynasty because then you're always going to get the lowest value if you do that. Um, as far as draft picks, hold them until I know it's hard but hold them until after the combine and after free agency. They 
will skyrocket in value every year because people get so excited about the next rookie class. Mm-hmm. And that's – if you're looking to win, uh, maybe you didn't win the season before, but you still have all your draft picks and you're you're just so close and you know you have a good team going into next year, you're still young, you still have productive players on your team. Trade those draft picks away and grab somebody who's, you know, uh, proven in the NFL. None of these rookies are proven yet, even though they could be the next, like Kyle Pitts' hype was insane. Mm. You never know what's going to happen with them. So just hold on to those picks. If you can, hold on until before the NFL draft. For sure. I think that uh, if you do decide on trading anything, picks, players, whatever, shop them around first. Don't, like you said, don't panic sell, take the first offer because there's nothing worse than taking that first offer and then somebody messages you and says, oh, God, I would have given you this. You should have you should ask me about it. So definitely shop around because you never know. I mean, what you think is trash could be another person's treasure. It's all about the opinion of everybody. So definitely shop that pick around. Um what do you guys do with free agents? I know that they have uh, fab leagues. They have non-fab leagues, waiver waiver leagues. Um, do you guys typically go to the waiver wire in these leagues? Um, and then if you are in any fab leagues, how do you guys handle your fab? Uh, if I see a guy that I know is going to produce off the bat, like last year when McCaffrey got hurt, Mike Davis was, a, was an immediate – waiver wire pickup in a lot of these, you know, you, you burn a chunk of your fab because that's the guy who, you know, is going to get an enormous share of opportunities in a backfield or in, in a wide receiver core. Um, because you, a lot of times fab doesn't roll, it doesn't roll over into the next season. You get what you get. So you might as well use it and, and take advantage. Mm. Yep. That's how I view it as well. If, if you got a player popping up on a dynasty league that, you know, could be a, contributor to your team year one or that year spend whatever you have to fab in dynasty is not as big of a deal as it is in redraft um i don't care if i'm overpaying by 25 dollars i'm still putting it down because i got the guy but most likely you're not going to have multiple guys that year where you're able to do that or get any kind of production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, fab isn't as important in dynasty as in redraft. Um, I mean, you have, we have players every year that are not expected to do anything that nobody drafts. And then the first couple of weeks they explode. Justin Jefferson last, last year. Yeah. For example, if you see a budding star in the league and you truly believe it, spend as much as you can to get that player in Dynasty. Whereas in redraft, you're going to be sitting and say a running back goes down and you know he has he has appeal this year, but not for the future. Who cares about that? It's redraft is one year, Dynasty is multiple years. So definitely uh, don't be shy about that fab. If you think that that is a star in the making. Yeah. Um, Even if you're losing, 
even if you have a bad team that year, mm-hmm. still put the offer in. Yep. Because if you get him, a contender will more than likely trade you a draft pick for him. Yep. So even if Absolutely. you're losing, still work the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Just saw that happen today. Someone spent seventy-five five on Damian Williams, and then immediately flipped him. Someone paid him a, a late second-round pick for him. So yeah. You, you know, you never know what can happen. You know, take take the risk. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens all the time, and it's a good way to acquire picks if you were going to be rebuilding your team. But uh, speaking of rebuilding, the favorite part of the show now. When uh, is a rebuild necessary? Do you guys do it? Uh, start out 0-3, 0-4, 1-5. When do you guys typically say, all right, it's time to sell off all my pieces and begin the rebuild? When I get to week six, week seven, and I, I sort of notice my team is not trending in the right direction and players are consistently not putting up, some players at least are not putting up the performance I, I hope for. And some of these players are getting up, are getting up there in age. You know, you have to kind of tell yourself, this isn't this isn't going to work for me long term, and you have to sell some pieces. Um, but I I wouldn't panic sell right away, especially if they're coming off a bad game because you want to give a chance to rebuild value. So you hold on to them for a little bit, you know, before a trade deadline. If you have a trade deadline in your dynasty league, um, you hope for a few good games in a row, and you can sort of sell on a high point to get the best value that you can. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. You gotta. There's a couple different ways to look at it. So, so if you just if you starting off 0 and 4, 0 and 5, then you look at your team and it's just you know you got a whole bunch of injuries and they're mainly young guys, um, and you just had bad luck with injuries. Maybe it's not time to rebuild yet. Uh, maybe you just say okay, this year's a wash. Um, it's just not going to work for me this year then move some guys or don't move anybody. Just, you know, just kind of hold on. You have a good team. You know, you have a good team. You're going to have a high draft pick next year. Just be patient with it. Um, Another way to look at it is, is, like I said before, look at your points forced. Um, That's going to tell you how good your team is. If you're near the top of the league, you're, you have a decent team. You've just had bad luck. Um, if you're near the bottom, time to start a rebuild. It just is what it is. Your team's just not good enough anymore. Um, sell the older pieces to contenders while you still can. Um, that's pretty much it. You just got to you gotta be honest with yourself before you, you know, take a real solid look at your team and say, am I a contender or do I just suck? For sure. Do you guys let age um, decide if you should start rebuilding also? Because, I mean, if you – say you just have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, and um, another old running back. I'm drawing a blank on one right now. And then you got Julio Jones and those guys. You might still be a contender in the league this year. Would you guys – try to sell off some of those guys knowing you're still contending, but they're older or, and this may be the top value that you're ever going to get for them ever again. 
or are you guys more prone to say, you know, let's wait it out. I'll try to sell them at the end of the year. Age is something you should take into consideration, but you can't let it be a defining factor, especially if they're still producing at an elite level. Um, like a few years ago, uh, one of my leagues, you know, like in these past few years, T.Y. Hillen's been passed around like the hot potato because everyone was afraid, oh, this is going to be, you know, the last year that T.Y. Hilton's going to produce at, at a level. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one person ends up stuck with him and he just, you know, fell off, fell off the face of the earth and he's been hurt. So you don't want to be the guy stuck with him when he has no value. But then you also have other situations like Zeke. You know, Zeke was kind of eh last year, and he was hurt a little bit too. People were kind of wondering if he was at the end of his rope. But these past few weeks, Zeke has been putting on RB1 performances. He's been good, so he's someone who can help you if you're a contending team. So I think it just it depends on the situation and the individual player. Yep. Yeah. If you know you're, you know, really, you truly are contending this year, I don't think age really should play a big factor. Maybe – win your championship, then start a rebuild. Because if you don't have, you know, maybe you're just, this is your year, you're all in, uh, you don't care about age, you don't have a lot of young guys, but you have a good team and you are and you are seriously contending for a championship, then I wouldn't start trading away those pieces just because you want to get younger. I'd wait till after the season. Um I know their value will probably dip just a little bit. You might not get what you want out of it, but it would be time to start selling and off those pieces instead of holding on and hoping, trying to squeeze out one more year and then be stuck with a whole bunch of players that are older that have lost even more value the next year. Then your future rebuild is just going to be way harder. Do you guys typically when, – when do you guys know – when it, it's time to trade the player to get the max return? Is it, oh, he just had a huge game. Are we selling now? Or are we going to wait a couple weeks, see if he does have more big games to get even more of a return? Or what, what do you guys do now or wait? You want to typically sell high. Um, but I would give it at least, uh, depending on the player, another week or so to see if they can replicate it. it, it, it I, you have to admit it's a risky maneuver because there's a chance they could lay an egg in the yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. But you also, if you're if you have someone talking like, oh, I don't know, he had one good game, I don't know if that's going to carry over the next week, so I don't want to pay pay the price. So if, if they have another good game in a row, you can say this guy's a consistent performer. If if you want him, you got to meet what I'm asking. So it's risk and reward, but I think if he if he puts together or whoever whoever it is puts together a couple of good performances in a row, then you can sort of sell high and and get what you want. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's tricky um, because a lot of people are just so smart nowadays to where you know you can't pull the same thing off that you used to be able to you know three four years ago. Um, people know not to trade for a player at their highest value. So you just kind of got to be smart with it. Let him have, in my opinion, you got to let him have a couple weeks, two to three weeks of high-end production, find a contender that, that may have some young guys that you're looking at and try to work him into a deal. Um, I don't really try to trade 
Like, let's say Damian Williams has a big game this week. I'm not going out uh, next week and just adding him only as the target. I want to add him to a um, a package deal. So maybe you're looking at Cooper Cup and Damian Williams for Tyreek Hill. So it doesn't look like you're just trying to capitalize on Damian Williams, yeah. but you're adding another piece to the deal and you're upgrading at that position. For sure. I think the prime example this year, at least, is Cordero Patterson. Yep. If you went out and got him in week one, he's had multiple good weeks in a row, really good weeks in a row. So now would be the prime time to sell him high because I don't know if his return is ever going to be higher than it is yep. right now. So um, how long does a rebuild usually take for you guys? Is it a one-year thing or do you typically um, – look at two, three years, because if that happens, you really want to know the college and college players coming out and which draft class is going to be uh, good, which draft class is not going to be as good. It depends on, uh, again, it depends on, on your team situation. How many how many picks do you have? What's the uh, state of your roster if you have a lot of young talent you can build around? Because if you're kind of bare to the bones, you only have maybe one guy that you know is going to be a long-term part of your roster, it's going to take a little longer because it's going to be more of a gradual build. Um, but if you have a few more, a few other guys, you can you know, maybe cash in with some of, some of the pieces and, and build a little faster, and you'll have a nice core to work with to be a competitive team. Uh, I, I had a guy in, my, in one of my leagues this past year collect as many picks as possible in this past draft class, so we could immediately build a, cont- a contender. He has, he has Jamar Chase, he has Javante Williams, he has Justin Fields, he has almost he has Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith. He has literally all, all the skill position players and and the, and the QBs like from this past team. He has, he's set for the future, you know. Yeah. It, it, it kind of just depends on where you are, but usually it will take two to three years for your average build, if not longer. Yeah, yeah, it normally takes a little while, especially if you go that route where you're actually using, you know, you're trading away your pieces that are actually worth value and you're just going to make your picks. If you're doing it that way and you're building through the rookie draft, it's going to take longer. There, It's not going to be short. Um, you, you, like Charlie said, you're looking two, three, four years if you're going that route. Um, my favorite way – and it gets because I'm not a big fan of just donating money to the champion. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. I have a bad team, I'm looking to take those um, picks and trade them for proven talent. Now, it also, like Dylan said, it depends on the draft class. Like these 2022 picks aren't going to be worth what the 2021 picks were. Um, you're not going to be able to have a quick turnaround the, the talent's just not there this year but in 2023 if you and more people are starting to realize 2023 is the draft class it's going to be really good so if you're rebuilding now target those picks um i'd stay away from 2022 just make your picks Maybe get a couple if you, you know, have a guy like Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, see what you can do there. Um, 
but it doesn't have to take three to four years to rebuild if you you know make the right moves. Yeah, I would say if you're gonna have if you can get a top five pick in next year's draft, go for those. If not, class just isn't that great. So I would definitely look towards uh, 2023 and beyond if you're gonna trade draft picks. You guys typically uh, rebuild with trading draft with draft picks or like you said going after the younger players that have proven themselves so far such as Justin Jefferson's trying to trade a Devonte Devonte Adams for a Justin Jefferson or Christian McCaffrey for DeAndre Swift or do you guys go and say let's trade DeAndre Ho- or uh, Devonte Adams for three firsts or whatever you guys can get for him I typically kind of delve into the draft pick route where if I want to rebuild, but I don't want to wait that long, I'll cash in some of my picks to get some proven talent. Like this past season, uh, like around week four, week five, I reached out to uh, one of the, my lead mates and said, hey, I'm really interested in Justin Jefferson. Can we, can we come to a deal? And I, I got him at, at the, the exact time I should have. I traded two firsts in Sterling Shepard. And I got Devontae Parker and Justin Jefferson. And then Justin Jefferson went to the moon and absolutely exploded. Mm-hmm. So I found that trading picks for talent tends to work in my favor. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go. Because once you get clo- closer to that NFL draft, those players start to dip in value, even though in reality they shouldn't. They just do because of the hype of the draft class. So I'm a big fan of trading away picks, you know, unless you're top, like, three, then just make the pick. Um, unless you're getting, you know, one hell of a deal, you know, for a, a stud player. Um, but for me, it's more trade away picks and second round picks. Trade away second round picks. The hit rate on those mm-hmm. is really low. You could have got a guy like Brandon Cooks for a second round pick this past year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about a wide receiver two on your team. I don't know that there are any wide receiver twos from this 2021 class. And I don't know if there ever will be. So, Take those second round picks and move them. That they look a lot better than the third. People see think they have more value, but in reality, they're just not worth that much more, you know, than your third, fourth round picks. They really are just a dart throw, in essence. Now, I think I tend to p- go with uh, players over picks, just because going with pl- with the picks, you're more playing a guessing game. I mean, unless you're like really keyed into a rookie next year whenever Andrew Luck was drafted. Uh, even Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people were keyed on keyed in on him. But if you go after players, they've already – you already see what they are, and they have already proven that they are studs and could be studs in the future. Whereas you go after draft picks, you're, you're more guessing, hoping that you're right. So I just tend to go after the uh, picks or the players more than the picks. Yep. Um, 
obviously in a super flex league, quarterbacks are your prime targets. You need to be great at quarterback position on both of them. But uh, is it safer to do a rebuild around running backs or wide receivers? Running backs. Much more of a rare commodity. It's mm-hmm. easy to find quality wide receivers, especially if you're doing just a draft. You're starting up in a draft. It's Running backs go fast, and they go fast for a reason because there's only so many workhorse running backs who are going to get the lion's share of snaps in their backfield. You know, finding, finding a Dalvin Cook, finding a McCaffrey, you need to build around those guys because they're going to be on the field almost all the time and produce at an elite level for you. Um, wide receivers, you can wait till the fourth, fifth, sixth round, even a little later than that, and you can find gems. You can find diamonds in the rough, guys that are going to come out and produce you at a level that you may not have expected. So I, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm starting up, if I'm in a redraft or I'm doing a startup dynasty, I have to go running back. Unless you're in a super flex, super flex is a little different. You might you might go QB early, but mm-hmm. typically I would grab build around the running back then. I've actually changed my stance on this from last year and years prior. I decided to go zero running back in a lot of leagues. Oh, and it's worked out beautifully. Like I couldn't be more happy. But for a rebuild. You want to build around wide receivers, in my opinion, because then you're looking at three to four years of a running back and you're rebuilding and you're not getting the use that you want out of him. But if you're just building your team, I still got to go with wide receiver. I've got like my best roster and I targeted wide receivers and trades for a reason. I've got four. No, I'm sorry. Five top 10 wide receivers in that league. Wow. Now I went young at running back. Um, but I'm also able to grab some of these like later guys. Like if you drafted Daryl Henderson later in the draft, you know, you're happy. It sucks that Cam Akers got hurt, but that happens. It happens all the time to running backs. If you're drafting, you know, Christian McCaffrey with your first-round pick, when you could have drafted Tyree Kill, you're probably pissed right now mm-hmm. because McCaffrey's hurt again. Uh, now it looks like he came back to practice this week. But for me, I'm a big believer in the zero – running back draft strategy, especially this year after seeing what happened last year with all the running back injuries, I just figured I'd try it. And so far it's been great. I don't know if I'd go zero RB, but I definitely uh, go more wide receiver just because like you said, running backs get hurt a lot more and it seems like they have more season ending injuries for sure. If not, career-altering injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that wide receiver. There's there's plenty of them, but there's not as many running backs out there. But if you're sitting with Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and, I don't know, Jamar Chase, you're sitting pretty good at wide receiver for years to come. So, also, I think it depends on – how long you think your rebuild is going to take 
like you said, if you're going to be sitting there three, four years trying to rebuild because you just don't have – if you take over a a uh, loaner team and they sold away all the draft picks, well, now you might – it might take a while to uh, rebuild this thing. So I would definitely look at more wide receivers because their shelf life is definitely longer than a running backs. So – um, last topic here, trade scenarios. I got one here for you. Um, it's definitely, you can see one side of the, uh, of the trade is somebody that's looking to win now, whereas the other side of the trade is somebody that's looking to rebuild. Um, Mike Evans and Hunter Henry, this is in a super flex PPR tight end premium league. Um, Mike Evans and Hunter Henry for Devonta Smith in a 2022 second round pick. How do you guys feel about that? I think you could probably get a little more in, in my opinion. Um, cause Mike Evans is still a, a premium wide receiver in the league now. And for tight end premium, Hunter Henry just cashed in. He reached the red zone last week. I think he's going to start to show himself a little more. Um, but nothing against Devontae Smith. That's I think it's not the worst value in the world that you could get. I think a lot of people will pull the trigger, but I think I could probably get a little more. Maybe maybe a first instead of a second in 2022. But not, not the worst in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have done – I think a first in 2022 would have made it more fair – being that it's tight end premium, um, of course, the tight ends are going to be worth a little bit more. Um, but I don't hate it. Uh, I love Devontae Smith. He was my number one wide receiver coming out of college. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't agree with me, um, but there's some that did. I love Devontae Smith. Um, so I, I don't hate it. it. I think that's a solid trade. For sure. What about Josh Jacobs and James Robinson for KJ Hamler, a 2022 first, a 2024 first, and a 2022 third? Robinson and who? Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think I'm taking the running backs. Yeah. Yeah, because they skipped 2023. Which is a good class. And 2024 way too far into the future to be making any inferences or, or guesses. Yeah, even the Debbie guys, you know, they were not even sure about the 2024 class. Exactly. And 2022, a much weaker class than 2023. Yeah. yeah. Then in, even in the, these types of leagues, you have trades like this. Josh Jacobs, Jordan Love, Chase Claypool. One, two, three 2022 firsts. One 2023 first, two 2024 first, and a 2022 second for Devonta Adams, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson, and a 2022 third. He's typically <laughs> first studs. You see lots of draft picks going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much giving away your future for the next three, four years. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> You better win. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking the draft picks all day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's so many picks you're sending away. Yep. 
You're pretty yeah. much spending away your entire draft for the next three years. If you don't, if you don't win one a few times there, you're, you're screwed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For well, sure. You have to be guaranteeing yourself a win. Yeah. If you're trading away all that. Yep. Are you guys, uh, do you guys have any trades that have gone down in any of your leagues that uh, mm-hmm. you guys want to speak about? I have one, um, not recently. It was last year, a couple years ago, but one that I thought was pretty interesting at the time. It was um, Montgomery, Cohen, a first, and Devontae Parker. Or Russell Wilson, Tyreek Hill, and two firsts. Oh, wow. So that must have been when Hill was having all his issues. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy to go back and look at trades that you've made. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do that all the time. I just look back and you know trades I've made, trades other people have made, and some of them you look at and you're like, how could I have been so stupid? You know what 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 idiot I am for making this move? Mm-hmm. And other ones you're like, wow, that looks really good for me in hindsight. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've had a multiple like that. Um, one of my first dynasty leagues. Um, it was like three years ago. I ended up trading away um, Aaron Jones, A.J. Brown, his rookie year um, of 2021st, and I believe it was Miles Sanders for Juju when he was like being talked about as the 101 in Dynasty uh, leagues. And some other running back it's not even in the league anymore mm. and now it looks terrible but at the time <laughs> it didn't look that bad yeah so it's For just sure. we all have those yeah it's 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 crazy how it works like even before this season i had an offer out for uh i was going to send away cooper cup for the 2022 like guaranteed 101 the team is terrible and I, he never, you know, responded, so I just withdrew it. And now I'm super happy I did. Mm-hmm. So it just – sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I actually uh, just – sorry. I actually just had mm-hmm. a trade a couple weeks ago that I'm happy I did, and it's kind of panned out for me because I felt like my team needed a little push to get me over the edge. And I traded Zeke, Pollard, and uh, Tyrell Williams, who then promptly went on IR – and a third and a fourth for Aguilar, Aaron Jones, Gaskin, and a second. I bet. I bet. This this was like the um, the night that Aaron Jones went off for like uh-huh. his three touchdown game and put up like oh, fifty shit. fantasy points. And <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy had the guy had sent this counter offer to me, and I was like, all right, well, I better I better pull this trigger before yeah. he before he before he realizes and takes it away. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Do you guys typically use those uh, trade calculators or whatever, the apps you can get on the phone? Um, I, I kind of look at them, but they're, they're not the end-all, be-all, obviously. Okay. Sometimes they can help um, for pick value, but I don't always use them for player analyzing. For sure. I use it. I use them for every trade I do to make sure that I'm not way off, mm-hmm. you know, way off base it whether I'm lowballing somebody or I'm sending away too much, that's why I use them. 
Um, I don't use them to determine, you know, if I made a good trade or not, because, you know, values can always change. Like the one I use is the dynasty GM trade calculator. Um, they're great. Their values are based on the rankings of, you know, the employees that are rank the rankers over at dynasty nerds. So, it's all, you know, subject for opinion, but I always use them as just, you know, a baseline. Let me make sure I'm not overspending or taking in too little. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't use them to make or break trades. Yeah, that's me. I just use them to uh, make sure I'm not giving up too much or offering too little. don't want to disrespect a uh, – fill a team by offering them a bad, bad trade offered. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, all of our Twitter handles are on the screen there. Um, you can see all of our work there or at uh, the fantasycoaches.com. Um, I know that I am still doing that uh, dynasty buy low, sell high article that comes out every week. Are you guys uh, got any work coming out that you want to talk about? Uh, you can just have anything coming out right now. Yeah, me neither at the moment, at least. Yeah, I've got – I'm still busy with work, so for sure. waiting for that to finally slow down. For sure. Uh, and then the last thing here is uh, we're offering you guys – pretty much five days a week of podcasts um, on the dynasty or on the fantasy coaches. So uh, Monday is the recap show of the whole week and what went down. Tuesday is the waiver wire show. Wednesday is our assistant coaches show. And Friday is the start sits for the week coming up. So definitely tune into those podcasts as well. I think we're done here. Uh, have a good week guys. And I'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace out guys. Okay. Take care. The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered in nuts and legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, I'm a head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing it up.